0: Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. This week we're back at the Centre of Excellence. We talk to Mike Phelan and discuss our latest run of games. I'm your host Jimmy and I'm joined by Luke, Josh and Morrow. How are you gentlemen?
1: Boys. How are you? Well indeed. What is going on? It's been a while. Who are you guys? Who are we?
2: I sort of lost the routine a bit. I was like trying to put, you know, different things into different things. I'm thinking, yeah, this is this is not going well.
3: No, this is odd. Routine. Last routine the routine was, was lost. 5th of February. 5th of February. So it's been a month, I month I think and a half. My last one was the Christmas one, I think. It's been that long for wow. me because of other things going on. But I've had a lot of things going it's on. It's good to be back. We only pod when we're winning.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not any, okay. Let me explain pod this. When last we're, early. we're not just podding because we won.
3: Sorry. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We're but
0: podding because uh, we're actually free this week. That was no. That's the true.
3: the yes. agreement was that we when we win we pod. Yes, well, that was a joke.
1: There's only so many losses in a row that we can continue to pod through. So you know what do we what do you what do you do? I
3: don't know. I don't Keep know. being
1: negative every week like we were, and then give up. Funnily enough, people seem to actually be interested in hearing us when yeah. we're negative. <laughs> yeah, it <that> was weird.
0: <laughs> Funny enough, people are interested in hearing us, which is what I don't get.
3: Go figure. I was very surprised at all the demand at wanting us back, but here we are. Yeah, thanks
2: everyone for uh, yeah. telling us to come back and do something. Yeah, back,
3: that felt really good. Back to disappointing Boring lives. Back to disappointment. Well, wow. <laughs>
0: All right, Fred's question. We have seen in football that when there's a coach change, we see performance and mentality change in the team. Have we seen enough from the one game to renew our confidence or is it more likely to be a
3: one-off? Renewed confidence for me. But the, the, the bounce Jets, back.
0: The Jets
2: were shit though. The, the new coach bounce back's real. Yeah. Yeah. That's a
3: start. I, I think it got to the point where the players weren't playing for Mulvey. We knew of, you know, things before Christmas about the dressing room where he seemingly lost it.
0: Yeah, you could say he lost the dressing room, but I don't think
3: he ever had it. No, that's probably a fair point.
1: It was still very difficult, though, to feel confident uh, at the end of the game because, you know, we were, we were finding it a little bit of a struggle there, but but it's a start. It's a good start to rebuilding that confidence, for sure.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to say that 8-2 was on purpose, but it felt it in some ways, looking at some of the players and looking at some the, of their attitudes. the
0: senior players. The younger players, when they came on, improved the game. Yeah,
3: they did. The, the last... 25 minutes was obviously our best for that whole game. But when when we obviously got to that point of bloody 7-0, it was clearly evident that nothing Mike said pre-game, half-time, post-game at the one-hour training session during the week uh, was going to change what was going to happen that night.
1: I don't know about any of that. I just felt shattered, to be honest. Like, that hurt. That really hurt. It hurt the first time, the mm. first 2-8. Did it second laughing? Well, well, when you've degenerated to almost taking the pee out of your own team, then... We've doing it all season, That's mate. what we've done the entire season. I yes. know, but <laughs> it's, it's, I'm not sitting down there with you guys, and I'm not quite so quick to jump on that wagon, but on that night, then what else was there? I'm glad of
0: the result because of what it, ha- what it
1: resulted in. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, fair to be answer.
3: fair, it went from, oh, here we Something go again, to... Change. to taking the piss then to be very, very angry. Well, it's just,
1: you know, putting up the protection shutters because I can't bear this any longer. Like the tears, mate. It was not an easy night to get through that night. When my wife was picking me up, I wanted to walk home because I just didn't want to talk to her, didn't want to talk to anyone. I just wanted to walk home by myself at shit knows when o'clock. We kind
0: of knew what was going to happen. We thought it was going to happen the next morning. Well, it did, but not at 1am. That was a bit unusual.
3: True. It was great. Got exactly what he bloody deserved.
1: Well, I was asleep. Finally.
3: Um, the most. I mean, the most frustrating thing is, is that we were sitting here as near as it makes no difference twelve months ago, having this exact same conversation. Yuck. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't want to say I'm not. It. There's a lot of people that are anti-club at the moment. You can understand that. And I, I guess I'm anti-club to a degree, but I definitely don't trust the club at all because we had this same conversation 12 months ago and we're told the exact same thing, that this season will be different and spending more money and et cetera, et cetera. And it's, it hasn't happened. So why, why would I believe anything, a word that comes out of the club now, whether it comes from Mike Charlesworth, whether it comes from Sean... Whether, even whether it comes from Mike Phelan, and we just spoke to him for like an hour. I don't, until I see a plan in place with accountability for who's making the decisions and ultimately people being held accountable when it goes wrong, which there probably has not been enough of, then I will maybe start to come around.
1: Yeah, I think we've made a start to the changes and the change that needs to happen and it's been a good start and, you know, that will have refreshed the fans. But at one of the most hurtful things about that night was that to me, I felt before the game that w- that was what was going to happen um, because I couldn't. Get my head around why what we what people were saying was an experienced coach would select players out of position, um, and some of those players were players that had uh, not been able to deliver well even in their own positions, and then drop
0: one of those good players or had performed for us. It for, just made for no having Conversation with him.
1: Yeah. So as soon as the game started, within not very long, then that was found out immediately, and and so after that, there's there's nothing left, and and you're right, Luke, the trust. At every level of the club, uh, in terms of the leadership. I mean, I'm not talking about the people who walk around the office and do the legwork here and um, so forth. I'm talking about the leadership, and not just the leadership um, in the football department, but the leadership in the football department, but the leadership in the office, the leadership, m- maybe Mike Phil and uh, and the leadership at um, in in the chairman's place, you know, and and how do you, you trust any of that? To be honest. Um, when you know that, yeah, a lot of the things that were promised last year, we appear to have come back <laughs> coincidentally with the exact same score to do the exact same thing and say that some of the exact same things that we're going to put some more resources in, we're going to, um, you know, uh, do things differently. But uh, here we are again, that's tough to take. We've come full circle.
0: Yep. Copy yeah. paste the issues of last year, and yeah.
1: it, and it also hurt. I for me personally, anyway, it hurt the way the media portrayed it as well. Because uh, I, I'll admit that I took a little bit of offence to one, at least one reporter reporting that Mariners fans t- almost were accepting this. Because I didn't feel that Mariners fans accepted it after the game, for starters, and then, I, you know. They said PSG supporters uh, graffitied their training base and then 500 of them uh, turned up and chanted things at their team for their failure that Mike uh, would have enjoyed. Well, I personally went to training that Monday morning just because I happen to be lucky enough at the moment, if you want to call it that, to be able to be at training occasionally, to ask for answers. I, I contacted Sean and said, I want to speak about that because it just j- can't accept that, if you know what I mean. Um, and so the idea that people would report that we don't care about that, that's nah, nah.
3: Aaron's one-man mission to... Seek Our Dancers. <laughs> oh, look, From currently the some people,
1: look, some people want to get on social media and, and I'm all for whatever people want to, how people want to represent themselves and their way of doing it. But for me, I walk up to the front door and I knock on the door and I ask for an answer. You and, get so much
0: time on your hands.
1: Well, luckily, I, I <laughs> say luckily, I haven't got a job, which is not lucky. Um, but uh, luckily, I have had the time. And yeah, so I knock on the door. I knocked on Sean's door and asked for answers. He'll be
0: writing to the papers next. No,
1: hundred <laughs> percent. That, that's, that's Living sort of, up to the coasty that's stereotype. Sort of like, that's sort of like blasting someone from a distance, though. I just can't do that for me. So I'll admit that uh, was it the same night or the night after that I then got on the blow to Mike Charlesworth because I don't know any other way to do it. To be honest with you, I just so
3: you seek dancers. Did you find dancers?
1: Some of them are the same answers that we've heard many times which is why the trust thing is really hard um but that but i'd have to say they were touched on in this the interview we've done tonight I again i was just about to
2: say did we find answers with phelan tonight
0: we'll find out with the interview
2: coming mm. up the suspense is real
1: i do think that it's really important the the, the thing up. that uh, mike phelan um, was saying and Mike Charlesworth said to me about the community and the, and the the fact that he believes that the club's been taken for granted by the local community and in particular by the council. And, and I don't know the answer to that. I can only, you know, hear what he says, but I am, like you're saying on my one-man mission, my one-man mission includes uh, getting in touch with local politicians because I want to hear what they've got to say. Why is our pitch so much more rubbish than it was three years ago? Why hasn't the council ever... Uh, spoken about the issue of um, the management rights for the stadium. It's all been the narrative of Mike Charlesworth is banging on the door and whinging because he can't get control of the stadium and he's trying to buy up the property on the waterfront and he's going to take the Central Coast office. Fine, if that's the truth, then great, but uh, I'd love to hear what the council's got to say and I'd love to hear what um, uh, poli- local politicians have got to say about that and get some truth out there. Fans can judge for themselves. I, I don't you know, I don't want to tell people what they should think about it, but I do want them to know what's going on and I don't know any other way to find it out.
0: It's much better to ask a direct question of someone instead of just yelling on Abs- Twitter. Well, that's how I
1: feel about it. it. I don't want to even have a go at people who do it that way, to be honest, but but I have also banged on Guilty. another door and so I'm banging on the door of our local politicians politicians and I hope that in a, a soon podcast we can have one of them on here to talk on, about
0: on, on Twitter and Facebook you're basically just shouting into the ether
1: well nobody likes old man shouts a cloud which would I would epitome if it's I you. used that method so I'm not doing that but um, I'm hoping like I say that we can get the council to speak of it maybe we can get David Harris who I know is a fan on here to tell us what he thinks about it and how he thinks the council could uh, better you know integrate with that but um, I'm not going to blast them on social media I might want to get a job there <laughs> um, but, um, but I do want, I'm a rate player. I do want answers.
3: And it almost feels like we've gone 360 again with the stadium thing, because yep. again, it's same and, diversion. It, it always seems to come out with SBS, whoever Mike is friends with it, SBS, Mike Charlesworth to left to clarify, is friends with it, SBS. Anytime something goes wrong with us, seems to come out through there. And again, on the weekend, um, or late last week, there was another article about yes, we made mistakes and yes, we've stuffed up and things. The exact same thing that we heard twelve months ago, and then again, uh, he bangs on about the stadium and the council, and that's all well and good. But I'm not willing when I when I trust the club, I will be on board with the club and help the club. Uh, what's it called? barrage the council Push about <laughs> about about why we have a very poor stadium deal and why the pitch is so poor. But until I trust the club, I'm not going to do that.
1: It's very hard to. How, how can you? That's the thing. The club's
3: given nothing to us for four seasons. Why would we do that and help them?
1: But if it is bull, so to speak, then why can't the mayor talk to the local constituents and tell us why it's bull? Let's hear that. Let's do why, some Why like. are
2: there so many? It's It almost seems like the council are holding out hope that the Bears are coming Bears. back into the NRL. when yeah. that's just not going to happen.
0: Well, we know there was a grudge on behalf of the um, groundsman organiser. at The interim groundsman organiser at the council. I don't know if he's still there. We're going to have to chase that up. But he did not like football at all. Including the Mariners. He's a rugby league person. Well, it's the
2: only tenant. Why wouldn't you yeah. cater to the only tenant? They'd rather what they'd rather just have the three because MRL games to see a year and that's it.
0: People are stubborn.
1: And, and yeah. look, rate payers don't want to... That here's the thing: if we took, I, I heard that. $100,000 was taken out of the budget. It's just a rumour, but I heard that $100,000 was allegedly taken out of the budget for the purpose of um, less work on the pitch. That's been noticeable over the last few years, in my opinion. We had a billiard table out there, and now Plume Park is better than it, to mm-hmm. be honest, and has been for a number of years. A
2: couple of years ago, our pitch was the best pitch in the league, and yeah. now it's one of the worst. Yeah. So how, how why is that
1: happening? So look, as a ratepayer, do I want the council to save that hundred grand? Too right I do. I don't want to have to um, oh, pay well, for that in my rates, but... Uh, let's,
0: let's save those questions for when we're actually chatting yeah, with the council. Exactly. All right, let's, we're going to. Maura needs to head off, so we're going to quickly try and get through some. So, zips and things news. in the background is me putting my boots on. <laughs> Again. Congratulations to Luke and Rhiannon. You got married. Thanks.
3: Woohoo. We did. Um, Hitched. And your life's over. And gone. What a great day. <laughs> um, it was. It was a great day. 10 years to the day since we got together. Um, was, yeah, very good. Had plenty of football friends at the wedding mm-hmm. and managed uh, to get the celebrant to sneak in the exact words, football friends. Football um, friends. To lots of rice, smiles. And cheers. Um, yes. And I did sneak <laughs> the Mariners in to my vows. So um, Poor bugger. So did Reid, didn't she? Uh, both
0: had very football related. I vows. believe
3: so. Yes. my oh, Well, I may as well just come out and say the line. I, I said... The only time we all suffer is watching the Mariners. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which was very apt because that was the Sunday after the eight two. Before. Before. Wait, what was the game before?
2: It was the raw game,
3: wasn't come on, it? Come on,
1: come yes, on. It was the raw game. It was not much Sorry. better, it's just was it less less numbers. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> it was two days
2: after. It was two days after the
3: raw game <laughs> yeah. on the Sunday. Not much better, but less numbers is a great way to put it.
1: Yes. Right. Um
0: so we're going to go back Western Sydney 2 CCM nil. This is a l- first game after our last recording.
2: Man, nothing happened next.
0: Um, Anton Tuglie and Cameron Khan join the club as board members and part owners.
2: Apparently Tuglie is worth 200 million so funding that Get around that. work well for us.
3: Well, it's not it's not part owners but is it it's Charlesworth still so owns 100% must, but they directors and they are financially putting back money in. in. Apparently Tuglie
0: Backing the club.
2: Apparently, yes. Tagliaferro has already put a significant amount investment into the club, so we, that's a good thing.
3: Yeah, so from what from what I understand, and I'm pretty sure it's public-ish, uh, from what Sean sort of Sean said, said pre-game. Yeah, um, before the
2: 8-2, which wasn't good timing.
0: Yes. So one is good with football, and the other one is good with numbers. Yes,
3: that's basically. Uh,
2: all you need to know. Cameron Kahn is based in San Francisco, has said yes. that he's not a football person, but is a financial Goodwin Numbers person, mm-hmm. which is what this club definitely needs, so I'm happy with that. And then Faro definitely more of a football person, Maltese, background. Um, Been involved, involved with Balls NFC in Malta. So.
0: And AC Milan Academy.
2: Yeah, so. yeah,
1: Just as an aside, obviously interested uh, when Mike Charlesworth was here, what was that, a month ago? Both of them turned up to training. I saw them there, so obviously you need to get a job. Did the boys? Did the <laughs> I'm bo- trying.
2: Did the boys train harder when they were there? Was it noticeable that they were training harder because they knew they were there, or they didn't mm-hmm. care? No, it was. Well,
1: noticeable.
0: the only person they need to impress is the coach. Yeah, yeah. And no, they didn't care about that, him. That at didn't the top. work out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, following on from that, Sydney one, CCM one at Lycut Oval. It was stinking hot, wasn't it? Uh,
3: yeah, it was day, bearable. That they sucked.
2: Nice ground, though. It was the first time I've ever great been to Leichhardt. I'd
0: love to go there for a night game.
2: It's, an, it's a good football ground, isn't it? Yes. Good little football ground.
0: That hill was packed and looked good. Yeah, enjoyable afternoon. What, like was,
2: what was the crowd? Like 13,000? 13, 13,000 at Allianz looks terrible. 13,000 yeah. at Leichhardt looks great.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mariners 3, Raw 5. Red cards to Matty and O'Neill.
3: Yeah. Mm, the game that solidified why Matty Simon should not be captain.
0: Ever. I've been saying it since it's done the season. It's
2: so one, of, right. one of our young players, Joy Murray, is there to calm him down and take him away from the referee. That should not happen yeah. from a captain. I, just I,
3: I didn't example. want Simon to be captain from the start. I don't now, know that
0: Now, we do know that apparently the ref did tell him a couple of seconds into the game, don't be diving for penalties because you're not going to get them. And the Brisbane players heard this and decided to take advantage of that. And just but kicked still, him all game. But still, there's no reason for
1: Matt Simon to carry and on like a And swearing at the referee. I know you guys don't like family-friendly stuff that I spout out with at times, but that is us. And no, as, see, as an example, shout yeah. out to one of my mates who I uh, drilled for a number of years until he finally <laughs> became a member. And his young trilled he's trilled oh, for a number yeah, of years yeah I, I persistently annoyed him about becoming oh. a member oh you mean that well, I, you know <laughs> nuances of the language but but he has young kids and this just isn't an example that's tolerable and it's not tolerable for me either uh, i'll be honest and say that mike mulvey asked me at training uh, why i tweeted some stuff about how that wasn't such a great thing and hang on uh, who's
3: mulvey's Bloody social media watcher. Mike Ocon, <laughs> bloody hell. Maybe it's Ocon.
1: Ocon watches your social media for Mulvey. Has he <laughs>
2: has, has has he got, like, the same guy that Ocon has?
1: I don't know. I, I don't know. But but I do know that Mike uh, had the line that he hadn't heard what had happened. And Bullshit. I'm sorry. I was standing on the second. How couldn't he have not heard? I'm standing up the top on the balcony looking over and... I said, look, I'm, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but the bottom line is, oh, you saw what happened, heard what happened. I don't know how you couldn't, and um, it's just not acceptable. You can't
2: call the ref an effing dog yeah. and expect to get away and with it.
1: And he needed to condemn that in the post match. And didn't. And didn't. And that, I've just felt, and yeah, no. Nah.
0: Bad influence from my six month old son,
1: Boom. Tom. Boom. <laughs> yes. He's
3: been I'm, carrying I'm on the like a side. Huh? Disgusting. Like, I'm like you, Aaron. No, and Simon's I'm in. a bigger dribbler than him. <laughs> All four of us are not that PC in regards to we all swear and we all sort of do that sort of stuff but do but not, to cut it down do not. When, when, when I don't get a referee for my all age three games at three o'clock on a Sunday I think about that because at the end of the day referees have had enough of copying that mm. people I don't care what people say they see him do that and then it ends up out there on the weekend, and then it just never goes away. You got like to get like a random a, bloke from the crowd. That's, that's why CCF. That's why CCF have no refs. Yeah, and, the a shortage the, last year and where's still
1: the, is the link? And where's the link from the elite to the grassroots? Because I was the captain of a bunch of old fellas, sorry boys, um, in, this season, in this last season. In this last season, and care. I know that if I said that to a ref, I would have been lucky to have finished the se- uh, played another game in the season. Mm. Simple.
3: Yeah, that's way it should be.
0: Anyway, moving on. Um, after that game, we had who uh, we had a break for a week. So who uh, went on a bender? Went on a bender. Apparently, there was a no drinking policy in place.
1: When Yet, did that come in?
0: I don't know. It must have just been a. Anyway, anyway, uh, someone saw uh, Or and Mulvey out drinking on Friday night. So,
2: so the coach isn't adhering to his own
0: policy, and his little boy, mm. Or. Was fine. Apparently, anyway, he's gone. His good. little boy, <laughs> golden boy, and um, then also
2: with Hull drinking. there was, he put up a post on Instagram of him with Carney. That was stupid. Having a drink. So
0: yeah, I don't know if it
1: was a bender, but the, there was a, photo well, if a drink. well. If that's true about Mulvey you don't show drinking, up the training
0: two days in a row. Let's
3: just say it was if a it was bender. If, if
2: Mulvey's dr- said, "Oh, there's no drinking policy," and then he's out drinking, then the players are going to be like, "Well, that's not a very good example to lead, is it?" So anyway. I'm just going to have a drink anyway.
0: Um, also got word that Payne confronted Mulvey about something, and that's why he didn't play in the 8-2 match.
2: Well, um, who can blame him?
0: There was no Pierce at training either, but he's now returned after that. Um, yeah, so Mariners 2, Wellington 8. We've already discussed this pretty much. I'd hate to talk about that anymore. I hate that. Um, <laughs> Mulvey was gone at 1am in the morning.
2: We should have asked Mike about the process of how that happened. I wanted to ask it, but I didn't have a mic. He was uh, eating Mike, his wheat bits. <laughs> Mike. Mike was using my mic. Get out.
0: I was thinking about asking. I thought, nah. Oh, I, w-
2: I wanted to ask him the process of we'll when, did that, when did that? When did we come to the come to the decision? Was it just like immediate? If you lose eight two, then you're out.
1: In between wheat bits and coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: can was, you just hurry up and it go?
1: It It was
0: midnight. I'm just laying there thinking about questions we could ask Mulvey, and then you check your phone. Yeah. <laughs> Check the,
3: your phone. Oh, can stop worrying Mike about that. Go to sacked. sleep now. I oh, was that angry that I couldn't sleep.
0: Yeah. That's how I, was all, I was up till one until it got sacked. And then I got That's really
3: good. happy and went to
2: bed. And <laughs> all the, the group chat that a couple of us guys are in, we're uh, pretty happy about it and got on video chat and we're shit talking, so it was good.
0: Anyway, Alan Stajic has come in. Um, you and I were at training. You need to get a job, tomorrow. Um, And Professional
1: people watch us. saw
0: our. the uh, stalker. We're we'll sitting there, we're we'll watching the train. See you on Thursday. And then the news broke, and then what? Five, ten minutes later, we turn around and there he is. It's a bit odd. In the
1: garage, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just watching, just us. waiting.
3: <laughs> I am, I am all about this appointment. I am all about it. I am. He started off well, at least. Everybody, oh yeah. I mean, everybody obviously knows what he's gone through in the last uh, couple of months and unfairly sacked. There's for uh, doing well, his job. Well, yeah. It depends who you listen to, but I am from what I've seen and read and. All that sort of stuff. I'm firmly in the Allen camp that FFA's screwed him over. Um, I don't think there's
2: anything any doubt about that.
3: Yeah, well, there is. Depending on what you read and who you listen to, that's the thing. There's too many camps. It's always going to be debate. Too many friends in high places and all always that sort of with thing. With the FFA, there's yeah, there's always a debate. He comes in very highly credentialed. Had the Matildas one of the best women's teams in the world playing some very attractive football. In a World World Cup year. In a World Cup year. And, um, you know, I think him and his assistant who basically resigned in protest when Alan got the sack, um, I think they're going to be exactly what this club needs. He's the one that
2: came here with us,
3: isn't he? Yes. And according to Aaron, how do you say his name, Aaron? While he gets dressed, is it like a Ar- Ar- Nahul? Nare- ah. Nahel? Narell? Nahel? Nahal? I'm
1: going with Nahul Arate. Okay,
3: there we go. Arate is Arate. a very angry man, according to you.
1: Well, at training, he's really you got some passion job. there. He's, re- <laughs> he's, he's really, you know, right in the player's ears. It's loud, it's fast, it's I want it That's quicker, good. it's all of that stuff. And uh, yeah. That's good
0: to hear. It's good to have a good cop, bad cop situation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But, but to be fair, oh, Alan, bad cop, bad cop. Well, that's to, what we had on Ocon. To be fair, it was a four. four they were four v four um, defensive drills, funnily enough, and uh, there was two lots of them going on at once. And Alan and Monty were doing the other one, and uh, that was reasonably loud too. But I was standing behind the. Um, assistant coach, the new assistant coach and yeah, I just thought that his level of, you know, intensity himself was um, good to see.
2: Has Monty been demoted? If he's assistant, what's Monty is he like another just a second uh, assistant?
0: We did speak to him about next year and he said he's getting his licenses in June, wasn't it Morrow? He's finishing off his couple of his licenses in June. Monty so Monty really has to
3: Monty has to pick up the balls at Plume Park when they go over the fence and over near the road. No, it's Darrell Monty Monty has to go and pick him up. That's his new position on hundred and something a year.
0: <laughs> anyway uh Jets two Mariners three thank you var for a change oh yes
2: thank you thank you snake for missing two pens in the inner row you off tomorrow putting a pen in the same
3: spot love is goodbye love Aaron you too bye good luck in your hope you lose ...Fives grand final
2: <laughs> break a leg <laughs> I'm joking Aaron's got his semi-final coming up at five so hopefully he's here for a lot bit longer if he wins he's in the I'm final. here if you need CPR
3: um yes that that The first derby in three or four seasons, that actually felt like it meant something.
1: Four. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And
3: it's... I You three weren't there, (laughs) unfortunately. Um, I was busy with child. That's right. Um, But, yeah, there was a decent-sized little group of us standing up, and there was a bunch of... I think uh, more people travelled than what I thought, considering what had happened... Um, no, I think I think because especially in the weather as well, I and because weather. it was a yeah. new
0: coach, people would go. Yeah, they're potentially expecting a new coach yeah. syndrome
3: to. But I mean, kick in as we know, a lot of people have just given up at this stage. <laughs> but um, shout out to the
2: people that got a bet on the Mariners at eight dollars fifty for sure and won money, a lot mm. of money.
3: Um, but no, that was it. Was a really good night, and it was very. Oh, we, I was not expecting this, and then we nearly went full Mariners and pain running straight to the, the jokes
2: and the first the first Painty, uh, yes. the first high five he gets is from
3: Boise. Got my scone on Fox, thank you. Um, Everyone did. Nearly died running down the stairs, wet in my very dodgy shoes. But Eggie, I got there. Eggy turned Eggie, into a meme. Eggy
2: is now a meme. <laughs> Eggy was introduced to Twitter, which is great. It's
3: fantastic. Um, but no, it was a really good night. And very first forty-five minutes were. Touch and go. I feel like we're just
2: like hanging on.
3: We, well, yeah, but I mean, as it's because we're not fit. Mm. No, we're not fit, and as Saving Alan said, for second half. As Alan said during the week, uh, he implemented an entire, basically, new game plan and new structures out on the field, and it wasn't going to happen. Seemed in to work. Game, yeah. And you know, the first sort of forty-five, I think, we're just sort of trying to sort of figure it out. And then he made a couple of little tweaks going into going into the second half, and it worked massively. Um. And, you know, I think Jordan Murray, I think you might have said this on the weekend, Josh, probably anonymous in the first forty five. But in the second forty five had his best performance, I think, in a Mariner's shirt.
2: I think season. him and Miller combining for the, the for the first goal was good. Speaking of of Miller, I thought he was he was obviously instrumental in the first two goals and you know, it's a bit of a shame that it that he's leaving, I guess, but then again he's his attacking quality is a bit a lot better than his defensive quality mm. because he was probably at fault for their second goal. Yes,
3: but he should have been he should have, he should have been playing on the wing the entire season. Yeah, not playing it. Right he's back. a winger, not a
2: not a wing back. Yeah,
3: it was clear where his strengths were. He's like a Mitch Austin that actually can control the ball and can cross. That's, That's what true. He is. Like so, the same why, sort
2: of body type.
3: Yeah, he's very very quick. He's big. He's strong. Why would you not use all of his attributes to? to the best for the team, instead of sticking him at right back and trying to make him do sort of everything. <coughs> Jordan Sorry. Murray. Jordan Murray, I'm happy for him to stay as our lone striker, if that's what Alan wants to go with, if he can put in that second-half performance um, more consistently just he for got the that, end of the season. He just
2: got that service for the first goal and did well to take yeah. it away.
3: And if he can put that in next season, I, I this might sound harsh, but I think we should do everything we can to get Matty Simon out of that second year of the contract and move him on.
0: Oh, amen. Mm. I I'm
3: Can't I'm sorry, disagree. but the romance of it is wasted on me now. I don't I don't care for the romance of it. I care for having a good proper number nine, and I think Jordan Murray is either the perfect backup. He's the perfect guy there. If you want to play two up front, if you get a different type of striker to play along with him, or we go all out and get a proper number nine next season and. He's there when we need him. Because I think if he can put in that second 45 that he did, um, he's more than handy. So the the word on the street appears to be that he is staying, hopefully. Um, so fingers crossed. We need to give a
2: shout out to Cal Morrow as well, who on Twitter has put these graphs that are very, very helpful in mm. like understanding Jordan's um, contribution to that game. There was a stat that he had won what six aerial duels, and he's going against Boogard and Topper Stanley, who were yeah. pretty tall guys, and he's winning headers against them. And then it, that again gives argument to the fact that why do we need Simon?
3: Yes, very.
2: If he's if if Murray's no if Murray's up front and he's the one and he's winning headers, then what else can we use Maddie for?
3: Yeah, and I mean Miller, uh, the the whole Miller situation is so frustrating because we all know. Well not we all know, but if anyone doesn't know, there's a guy called Tony Rallis who is his agent and the agent of a number Just of players. A significant amount of at players our club. in this league. He was Mulvey's agent and it's basically caused an entire balls up with lots of things. Um, and he seems to be he's probably more of a snake almost than Miller. To some degree. I'd say he's more
0: of a snake than Miller. He
3: almost went behind the club's back from he what did. from what we can gather to um, basically get him moved on.
0: Someone Um, put up online the other day that uh, over the whole league, there's about four agents that control pretty much all the contracts. Mm, Which is insane.
3: Um, That's a real monopoly, isn't it? Yeah. The Miller thing, whether... monopoly would be one person. Whether it it was Tony's fault, whether it was the club's fault, the truth is probably lies somewhere in the middle. I mean, from our perspective, we have royally stuffed up not managing to keep him for, I don't know, another two or three seasons. Massively, because he's he's going to be because
2: he's loss. young and he play and he's a decent player. Yeah. How,
3: he's not huge loss. So he's not young young. He's like twenty five, I think. That's still a twenty four twenty five. But it's perfect, and he's exactly what we need. And now we're going to lose him. So um, it's a massive, and especially to side. them as well. Yes. If it was
2: to any other club, I'd be like, okay, I understand. Yeah. But if because you, it was them, I'm like, yeah, what are you doing?
3: Yeah, if he if he went back to Melbourne, I'd be like, yeah, right. But I mean, he's been copying it which is fair, he's going to cop it, whether it's his fault or not. He's a big boy at the end of the day and Didn't could have maybe done something about it considering we were the club that gave him his break, so to speak, again after being at Melbourne City or Melbourne Heart very briefly. Um, so maybe well, it would have been nice to see a little bit of loyalty in that sense. During but
2: pre-season, there was, we, there was a lot made of how many NPL players that we that came in and trained trialed, and yeah. trialled for, what, four or five sports. Mm and he was one of the lucky ones that got it. Yes. And you are thinking like you said maybe there was just that little bit of loyalty that you know was there because of what we had done and given him his you know given him a break but I guess you know loyalty in football is pretty rare these days, mm. especially
3: in modern football. Very. And um of Payne is another one that potentially might be going who um
2: we always said yeah. that he gave a damn. He what, really yeah. did give a whilst, damn.
3: Whilst whilst he frustrates me sometimes when he plays, he did score a goal on the weekend and he did do some other sort of pretty good things too. And as we've always said, he during all of the shit, which we're still in the shit, there's no getting out of it, but um he, He's always put a shift in. He or yeah, he always looks like he cared. Whenever we got thrashed especially after the 8-2 and even the brisbane game before that he looked at remember he looked like he was about to cry when he come around to the
2: when we all do when we all did melbourne away days he'd be one of the first guys yeah. to come over after a melbourne away if we had got smacked by a victory that yeah. he'd be like i hate losing to them even though it was his former club he's like i hate losing mm. i'm sick of losing we need to be better sort of thing so it's like it's a player that's admitting what's going on rather than sort of You know, dancing around the subject, he's literally admitting, you know, we're not good enough, we need to be better. Mm. And he always looks shattered after every loss, and that's admirable. It's better than after what happened last season where we got beat 8-2 and you see half of our players laughing on the field Mm. and having a chat with Jets players after they'd been beaten by six goals. That's just not good enough. I think that was luckily um, handled well.
0: Right. Um, signings: so signings. Josh Nisbet, uh, we've already discussed this, I'm pretty sure, rest of the season, Sam Graham, we've got in on loan from Sheffield, uh, Stephen Mallon, also in loan, uh, and Jem Karajan, which um, we want to re-sign.
3: I'm all for Jem to stay. Jem has to,
2: be, has to be one of the first on the list with Tom.
3: Stay and be captain after his performance on the weekend, for sure. What
2: have we thought of Graham and Mallon? I know that, you know, people that we know are not,
3: not very fond of
2: Graham or Mallon but what do you guys reckon
0: look they're young and for their age I think they're
3: really good well am yeah. gonna if I'm gonna be blunt I'm gonna say Mallon yes Graham no yeah,
0: I would lean that way yes yeah. I think Mallon is a lot better than Graham yeah but um,
3: Graham's first 45 on the weekend I wanted to where,
0: where I think Graham will shine is paired to next to someone like
3: Swanzyke in the conference Um <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'd you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's he's
2: still Need, young. He needs he an needs needs someone next with to him, him. Young. Like what Sainsbury had. He,
3: he needs to tell him where to stand. Needs, like where
0: to position himself. Yeah, he doesn't he, have
3: that. He needs somebody to teach him the positioning. Although he positioned himself well, lying on the ground. To get in the way on oh, the And, and there was
2: another one where he's like in the right spot yes. at least. He needs, right he
3: 100% needs to work on that and he 100% needs somebody to show him how to play out from the back and yes. not go long well, every time. Well, see, early time. on hoof, it was there.
0: It. it was there early on, yeah. but he's lost that.
3: Yeah, so yeah, I, I don't know if that's a confidence thing, if it's because surely it's not in the game plan for Alan to it's hoof, playing the, for a shit coach. Hoof, hoof the thing long. You know, fourteen times in the first buddy half. I'm sure that wasn't in the game. Game no, player.
0: but anyway, I
3: think he can get there. But yeah,
0: I think he's all right. Ballon? yes, much better.
3: Yeah, but odds are, I assume we will potentially lose both of them at the end of the season. Probably, yeah, they'd be going back to Sheffield.
0: Anyway, our departures. Jake McGing has gone to Poland.
2: Good for him. European move, but hopefully gets some game time. The team that he went to that. The last I saw it when it happened, that was second last.
3: About to be relegated. Yeah. <laughs> or very close to it. Um, but I am happy for Jakey, though. I mean, he... Second
2: if Poland would still be an all right
3: standard. Yeah. I, as as Mike Villan says, whether it's already been played or whether you're about to hear it, he... They're about to hear it. He alludes to, you know, throwing in youngsters at the wrong time and then basically ruining them. And he's... Jake McGinn is definitely not ruined, but he was thrown in... Made that, a lot of appearances. He was thrown in in that sort of Wormsley phase. Going, he was played out to, of position for so long because yeah, he was going into Ocon. He was, he I, he was playing watching DM, him, watching him as in the academy and in youth. He was mostly a DM, and yeah. I, I remember being at the game for youth in the Mariners when he got moved into centre back, and I thought, oh, that's all right, and he actually went all right, but. Just because...
2: He was always more of a DM than a CB, even yeah. though he played way more games as a centre-back.
3: Yeah, his development was unfortunately a byproduct of us being so poor because yeah. he just got thrown in at centre-back uh, in the big no leagues. Because there was no one else. Yeah, because there was basically no one else and we didn't recruit right. And he, he had nobody, he had no Swansvike or Wilkinson to sort of feed off. And I think that sort of hampered him in the end, but... Hopefully, um, it's a bit of a second wind for him over in Poland.
0: Um, Adam Berry has gone to Blacktown Spartans,
3: I think.
2: Never really got to go here.
3: No. Um, well, somebody signed him to a three-year contract, mm. which I think was Warmsley. I think.
2: And that's only just run out this season. I isn't could it? be wrong,
3: and I can't. I feel bad bagging on Warmsley uh, very hard because I put something on Twitter about getting married, and then he inboxed me. To
0: say good,
2: to congrats. say like
3: yeah, congrats and hope all goes well. So. Yeah, we think it's that team. So m- he has
0: he has played from previously. Yeah,
3: so my crapping on uh, Wormsley will probably so, hence uh, maybe stop. he's got
0: the same person <laughs> as Ocon and Mulvey goes over Twitter. Wouldn't surprise me. And Josh McDonald has gone to Sydney United fifty
3: eight.
2: Yeah, he was always injured, wasn't uh, he? Yeah. He, he was in the Gamiro sort of always injured. Well, he had Bain a bit of an all.
3: injury, got a couple of chances. It's just one of those. He always had a bad back, wasn't it? One of those things. Yeah, I think he had a broken back. Or he had something sort, like of, a broken, sort of weird. But yeah. I think um, I think he also got lumped into the, this is speculation, but I think he got lumped into the Poor Attitude Club as well with Houle and uh, mm-hmm. Payne. But Payne's Poor Attitude was a Mulvey Mulvey not. Yeah, he was frustrated. Understanding it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, speaking of which, yeah, as we mentioned, these are rumours. Connor Payne to Western Melbourne, Jonathan Aspropotaminis to Western Melbourne as well, and Kyle Rolls to Melbourne City. They're three rumours.
2: I think all three are probably a good chance of happening.
3: Yeah. I all, would think. All three are a good chance of happening. All three are probably replaceable. Do I necessarily. Want to replace... Have to replace all three? Probably not.
2: I I would... Don't mind Rolls going. I don't mind Aspro going, but I'd love to keep Payne.
3: Yes, I would like to keep Payne purely for... And Aspro. I don't, I don't want to say purely for the give-a-shit factor because we need more than that, but there is a good footballer in there that if, can if be can be more sign, consistent.
0: If we saw a decent centre-back, experienced, then if we keep Graham. We could play Graham. Yeah. If we keep Aspro, we play Aspro. You know, yeah. I think Aspro was one of the best players of the team when he came in. You, yeah, i agree with that. He could read the ball, which is something our
3: fullbacks couldn't seem to do. He reminds me of Sainsbury. Yeah.
0: That's the, a way big, he plays, that's a
3: the way big call. The way reminds, not similar, but reminds me just the way he plays.
0: Yeah, our best fullback before Aspro was actually Adam O'Neill because he could read the ball and cut it
3: out. That's fair. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> And he's he doesn't like playing there. And he would obviously
2: rather O'Neill play at DM rather than, well, left back.
0: Right. um, We've mentioned the council. We'll get back onto that in a future episode. Um, But we do know that they're going to be relaying the surface in September. And it's going to take about 12 weeks before we can play on it, which is obviously a huge chunk of next season. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the club do about games and fixtures there.
2: Plume. No.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I haven't listened to it, but uh, listen- have you listened, you guys, Soccer Stoppage Time, what it's called?
2: I listened to it once a long time ago and I thought it was garbage and I've never listened to it
0: since. Okay, well apparently there's a podcast out there called Soccer Stoppage Time. Apparently they ripped into the club, Monty, Gaddy, Sean, and just spoke over them the whole time. Tony Rallis was on it, so I'm not surprised that happened. What's
2: the point of asking someone to be on a show and then just talking over them the whole time? Yeah. What's so, the point?
0: Morrow told me the audio on this show sounds better than that, so, but he also said they sound like dog shit, so I'm glad we sound better than dog shit. Anyway.
2: Yeah, we just talk it. We're just a step above, thank God.
0: Uh, some Matilda's news. Matilda's uh, won the Cup of Nations with wins over New Zealand, South Korea and Argentina and on to the World Cup in France, so should be good.
2: Um, I, I was just about to say the coach's name and I had a complete mind blank, who was a that is it Milicic? Again. that's it, yeah. Ante Milicic, yeah. So, a good stuff for him as as Matilda's coach. Three three wins and Cup of Nations. So, yeah, I think we've got a good enough team to go far in the World Cup. But the whole Stadic thing, I think, is going to make it pretty damn hard for us to win the whole thing because there's a lot of good teams, especially. And obviously, the US are going to be favourites because they've been the best women's team for a little while. And then France, the host, will probably be up there as well. So, tough. Tough for them, yeah.
0: Right, rules changes from IFAB. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this or not, but uh, here's a quick rundown. Um, Handballs in goal-scoring situations are no longer have to be deliberate. So regardless of whether you meet or not... That uh, grey area is
2: now now being eliminated. It's gone.
0: Um, New rule, uh, players attacking uh, team will have to be at least one metre away from the wall when a free kick is being taken, which is good. because I hate seeing attacking players in the wall pushing over the wall. I think it's a bit, you know, Mm. it's not... Sportsman-like, is it? So. No. Um, uh, forcing uh, players when they're substituted to leave the field of play from the nearest touchline. This is um, trying to increase uh, the amount of game time there is. Um, FIFA have been worried about how much of the 90 minutes is actually played. Yeah. So this is one way of trying to speed up the and game. time-wasting.
2: And when time-wasting happens, yeah.
0: Um, now, there is a... I don't know if you've ever seen or not. I know Brisbane tended to do this quite a bit. Uh, when you try and play the ball short and pass it out from the goal kick, um, sometimes what the keeper would do was pass it square to a player, and if that player was getting shut down, they would simply step into the box, which meant that the goal kick was then um, had to be retaken invalid, which would mean would be taken retaken. Mm. Um, if you do that now, it's play on. They were looking at doing a yellow card instead, which would you know try and rub that out. It means playing
2: on. out from the back is going to be a bit more difficult for sure.
0: Yeah, well you can't. You know, you can't hedge your bets either way. Mm. Um, in a situation where the ball hits a referee, it's going to be a drop ball. And there's also, um, with penalties, the goalkeeper only needs to have one foot on the penalty line now, which, um, you know. Okay. Can anyway. we put
3: in a petition to change a rule? What rule would you like to change? The rule that allows the attacking team to retake a penalty even though you yeah, gained an you advantage from it. I know. That was bullshit on the weekend. Yeah. I hate that rule. I'm, to I'm, play devil's I know, advocate. I know that's the rule and I know that if that's it's how it's meant to be. We were encroaching as well. If of course we were.
0: If player, should be retaken. If it's attacking player, it's a free kick. Yes.
3: But the encroachment
2: so, rule has been a
3: massive grey
0: area for a while. Because
2: hey?
3: no. it's
0: usually not called.
3: No. And that's the thing now. That's They've sort of set the standard.
0: Well, because it was Georgeski that encroached and then scored, which is probably the main reason why they looked it up. On VAR, a good
3: example mm. of this was the
2: Spurs Arsenal game pretty recently, where it was shown that Vertonghen was you know a lot like pretty far into the box, and mm. that resulted in Arsenal not scoring a goal. But that was on Aubameyang for missing. Mm. But like on the weekend with us, it was a good call because Evsky is halfway into the box. Yeah, but then again. There was a couple of our players that were inside the box as well, but I think it was a good call because Jorjevsky was further in front than anybody else.
3: Yes. If I if if I was going to make the rule, I would make it in that situation that we get a free kick because he's encroached, gained an advantage, scored from it, so we should get a free kick or even just like a goal kick. Like, I don't know. But if it's the opposite, if they miss the penalty... And one of our players happens to be in Georgeski's position, and, and then clears clear it. it yeah. Then they get to retake it. Yeah. Not yeah, they've done the not they've done the wrong thing. then they sense. get to try and do it again. That's shit.
2: Although, how sweet was it to see Roy put oh, the penalty so in the exact same spot twice, and for Kennedy to actually worse. read it? Yeah, because yeah, it was just no power on it. Why? Yeah. I don't understand players that like to place their penalties. I've always been an advocate of just blasting the penalty high because then yeah. the keeper just literally can't react to it and it will always go in. So well, like if it's on target it'll always go in. But yeah
3: <laughs> I mean full credit to Kennedy for making the two saves and the save he made in, in the first half, but the second goal's on him. It still doesn't sway my opinion of uh, what we need to do in the goalkeeper. The stops. first
2: the first thing in recruitment for me is A goalkeeper.
3: New, new goalkeeping coach, uh, new number one uh, Aiden Munford to number two. Thank you.
2: Yep, one million percent that.
0: Right. Well, here comes the feeling interview. Thank you for listening for this long. Um, it's a pretty good interview. He's he loves his football. You can tell that in the way he it's talks. About a
2: forty-five minute interview, so it went pretty well.
0: Yeah. Anyway, here's the feeling interview. We're joined this week by Mark Fillon. How are you, mate? I'm very good, thank you. That's Just good. getting
4: over my jet lag, but uh, yeah, once I get a kip, I'll be better.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, thank you for coming in. We greatly appreciate You're that. Welcome. Right, a couple of tough questions to start with. <laughs> Has Sean warned you about this? No, carry on. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Do you scrunch or fold? What does that mean? Okay. Oh. it's a British thing. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> when you visit the bathroom.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I use a beater. <laughs> okay, good
3: answer. <laughs> nice. That's the first one of that we've had. Call definitely.
0: Um, do you keep your sauce in the fridge or the cupboard?
3: In a cupboard. A cupboard. Yes. Ooh, nice. Good man. Yep. So that's that's it should be. Is it master Foods?
4: No.
1: Oh. Ooh, <laughs> controversial. But it could be. Ooh, <laughs> better sell. We're not that. sponsored <laughs> by them yet. We've tried, but <laughs> anyone anyway. tried
4: fitting one of those big ketchup balls behind the goals down on the ground you do that flipping it Flippin mm. one of them in your fridge your fridge is a <laughs> <the> fair size
0: <laughs> um, last week when you were in Paris sitting on the bench did you ever picture yourself sitting here in an office talking to us
4: no <laughs> <laughs> no fair I enough. must admit that's the furthest from my mind when you're <laughs> sitting at PSG trying to get a result from 2-0 down <laughs> <laughs> dang <laughs>
3: Okay, let's There's there's no many United fans in here, so you won't get too many congratulations oh, on okay. that. Oh, well you'd well you'd done, you'd anyway. do
0: support, Sean? I can't remember. Oh, I don't have it. You don't? don't no, I don't have a, uh, any of this team. All right. Mm. I'm Spurs, Chelsea,
1: Arsenal, Liverpool.
4: So we're all competing, really, here around <laughs> the table, ones. aren't we? We're all going for Pretty that much.
1: Fourth <laughs> there's, spot. There's, there's, gen- <laughs> there's generally war here. Or well, third spot, even. Possible third spot. Uh, we'll fold. I will <laughs> <laughs> fold.
0: Right, um, on to the football matters. Most, including uh, MC, seem to agree recruitment for this season has not worked out for us. Um, according to MC, you came in late in regards to recruitment but uh, played a big part in Aiden O'Neill's signing. Uh, what are your thoughts about how we recruited and uh, where do you think we need to improve?
4: Well, we need to improve wholeheartedly, really, in, in the recruitment process. Uh, in the case of Aiden O'Neill, Aiden O'Neill came on the radar because uh, he was at a local club of mine where I started as a professional at Burnley. I'd heard about Aidan over over a period of time and how he came to to end up at Burnley, but I also knew he was Australian, and that was the deciding factor, really. I wanted to bring, potentially, a good Australian back to Australia for a season to play football and to progress, and part of the conversation with Aidan was if he came back because he was possibly going to be loaned out somewhere obscure. Um, and I felt that being Australian and the way the Australians feel about sport and the restructuring of the national team, I thought that was a possibility to get him into that, that group of players. And I thought that could be one for the future. So Aiden bought into that. He had one or two things on his mind that he wanted to do. But, you know, it was an easy sell to Aidan. He wanted to come back to Australia, play some football and improve himself. And the big thing with Aidan was he wanted the next challenge. You know, I, I felt as though uh, at his age, he was developed far more than probably kids of his age in Australia. And, uh, and that's proved a point. So it was exposing him to that, but also for other people to see where you're at, you know, in the grand scheme of things in professional sport in England with a good football club. Um, trying to prove a point but having to come back to Australia and show everybody that, you know, he's probably more advanced than the kids of his age in Australia.
0: It, with Aiden, I feel it is easy f- to forget how young he actually is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well,
4: that's all the tattoos he has and all that. Like, he, looks like, <laughs> he looks like he's been there, seen it and done it. But but I think his attitude's been good and, and part of the conversation even when he's been here and uh, and I've been on the phone to him, has been about the learning curve that he takes from this. You know, it's massively important. He came in probably expecting more, uh, and and probably has, has felt the hardship of, of being part of the Mariners this season. But he's kept he's kept at it, you know, and he's played out of position. He's played, mm. you know, in his normal position. He's suffered a few Uh, referee's decisions along the way which is part and parcel of it but I think he's grown into the role and he's never been deflated in the conversations I've had he's been annoyed and he's he's been upset about certain things but he's kept going and that's that's huge you know that's the I think that's shown to to the supporters that you know he's, he's trying
0: do you feel like he could be the next big Australian star in England
4: well, he obviously needs to get games in England. That's that's the difficulty. You know, there is a phase in England now where how many games do you get when you, when you reach that, that sort of level? And, and who's brave enough to give them that opportunity? I think what Aidan's done by coming to Australia is give himself a better, a better position to go on from that. Um, you know, the situation with him now, he's still contracted at Burnley, so... I spoke with the manager at Burnley and he's he's keen to, to have a look at him and see what he's got from Australia. Um, and hopefully they'll give him that, that assistance he needs now to, to push on and be part of Australian football, you know, even though it may be from a distance. But at least Australia knows that there's potentially a serious prospect there.
3: Mm-hmm. Do you think there's any potential that he'll stay next to you? next season or do you well that's
4: Burnham open to back? conversation um you know I think he's experienced a hell of a lot this season more than probably expected yeah. he's dealt with it really well I don't know whether that's that's helped him make any decision for the future but certainly he's going to finish the season in a better position silly enough because he's broke through into the into the national squad um so he can take heart from that whether it means he stays at the Mariners for a little bit longer, I don't know. That's a, that's a discussion that's probably left till till the end of the season, I think.
1: But one that Burnley would um, be making decisions about depending on what they see as his potential immediately? Yeah, level.
4: definitely, yeah. 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 But Burnley, Burnley, you know, hold his contract. So, yeah. you know, he's still contracted to them. So whatever... Whatever Burnley decide to do is what Burnley
1: decide to do. But there's a shot that if they think he can get more of a boost by staying, that there's a possibility yeah. that could yeah, Yeah, that's a conversation
4: that I think he's only right to have. Uh, but Burnley, you know, whatever happens now, Aidan is marketable now. You know, he's played games. Uh, he wasn't doing that at Burnley. The downside of it is probably... Burnley could have done with Aidan O'Neill at certain times this year but he chose to be here so that'll be up to them how they approach it going forward but I would think you know discussing it with the people that have worked with Aidan they would love to to keep him here but we have to think of Aidan's
3: future as well sure can you tell some of the fans listening some of the main changes you've played a part in since you arrived at the Mariners I know you had some thoughts on the academy Sort of yeah, a, well, my role when I first it.
4: had discussions about uh, joining the Mariners was taking a look at the Mariners, looking at what's been going on, and then apply a, my experience to try and look at developing something a little bit further. That's been a long, long process in a short period of time. Funnily enough, and there has been some major decisions probably underneath this, you know, within the structure which has not not sort of shown itself on the football field. But we came in, we observed it. I've been over three times now. The last time I was here, I was here for nine, ten weeks. And we got some work done. We put a little bit of structure in the academy, which um, has worked to some degree. And in others, it it's, needs tinkering with a little bit more. But that's the reason why I come I'm coming back. You know, It's an opportunity now for me to spend a week here during the international break. I was due to come back in January. Uh, for a longer period of time, but then obviously the biggest club in the world came around and asked me to go back. Nearly, which
1: <laughs> the room just rolled their eyes. Is Very, it's <laughs> very difficult to uh,
4: to turn down, but it still gives me the opportunity to to be here and uh, and see what's what's gone on in that period of time.
1: So I'm not sure what sort of part you played in it, but. Um, what was the thinking regarding bringing the two young players from Shepherd United across as opposed to promoting perhaps our own youth?
4: Well, the thinking behind it was the opportunity to do it because I think at the time um, a couple of centre-backs were injured. Certainly one was leaving. Um, so there was a, a process put in place as to how do we, how do we adjust that and how do we do it quickly. And when you look at the depth in the youth and the situation that the club found themselves in, sometimes you're exposing youth for the wrong reasons and it can be damaging and possibly they weren't ready for it. So you bring in, like we go back to the Aidan O'Neill situation, Sheffield United have two promising young kids there, uh, determined young kids. There is a connection with the Mariners and Sheffield United. Uh, and they came to the assistance and, and offered the services, which, which is a credit to the two boys as well, because you know they they were comfortable doing what they were doing. But I think overall, you have found inexperience, gaining experience whilst they've been here, you know, and I think that that benefits everybody. And what's important when you talk about these, and it's easy to say, well, the non-Australians and this, that, and the other, but but I think for Australian boys to look at what these guys are bringing is also something that they should they should aspire to, you know, and, and, and show them the workload that they need to put in and the effort they need to put in because these guys are disciplined,
1: you know. And how do you think they've gone?
4: I think it's been mixed. I think they've they've, they've come in at a difficult time. I think they've grasped the opportunity. I think it's, you know, I think in the first instance, the weather was a big surprise to them. You know if ever you've been to Sheffield you know yeah. what I'm talking about um and then they come into to, to the summertime in australia which which is an experience in itself so i think over that period of time they've learned to deal with that they've learned to deal with being away they've learned to deal with you know the way losing every week doesn't help mm. you know and 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 hopefully they'll come through it in the next in the next 6 8 weeks whatever's mm. left of the season and uh, and they'll take something out of it because I think they've given they've given they just need that little bit more help
0: so with our youth you know looking at those two seeing what they need to do to get to the next level um, is there any opportunity for our youth to go over there and you know be experienced well that's hopefully
4: going to be part of the process I think it's important to uh, for them to understand the standard I mean we can all watch the Premier League on the TV but that's not what's going on all over the country and it's easy to look at that and think I can do that. The difficulty is, is how much time and preparation have you put in in order to be at that level? I think that's something that you know Australian kids need to be educated in. They need to understand that it doesn't just happen. It's got to be worked at. Uh, you've got to put the hours in and the dedication in, and you've got to have an attitude for it. You know, it's it's not just put your boots on and out you go. There's a lot of prep goes into it in order mm-hmm. to get you into that 95 minutes of a football match at the higher level. So I think. Education's a big thing. They need to understand that graft, graft pays off, especially in football. What you put in, most of the time, you get out.
0: First of training, last oh, uh, out.
4: Yeah, you've got to you've got to understand what training's all about and what coaching's all about and, and and what you want to learn from it. And then you've got to develop. And when we talk about development, which which is something that you know the Mariners have been been good at, then faded away a bit, but hopefully they can get it back now then it takes time it takes time but we all know guys that times and patience is not at its foremost in professional sport so so they need that and we have to take the flak for that along the way and we but we have to stay strong and, and and back it
3: what are some of the main things that you think we've maybe faded away from in our development since we sort of were sort of developing a few good players and sort of as of recent times maybe only two or three have maybe really, sort of gone on to be consistent A League
4: players. One thing the, the A League has got, it's got the opportunity to develop football players. It has got the opportunity. And different clubs want to do it a different way. Um, but there's no secret to development. It's time, it's patience, but it's good practices. It's good practices. And then hopefully the penny drops. But I understand, you know, the system over here sometimes is productive but it's also counterproductive in the fact that, you know, education plays a big part. Work plays a big part. Is it a career football in Australia? You know, you you can ask that question because some will say it is and some will say it isn't because, you know, there's 10 teams in a league. Probably each club has 25, 26 players in it. You know, you do the maths. It's not a lot. There's 10 managers, 10 coaches and things like that. So it's a small, small environment. But there's lots of people out there who can do it better than the guys that are doing it. You know, and uh, so competition's great, but the the point is, is having good people doing good things for good causes, and that is to try and develop the best you can be, and it doesn't matter whether you're Sydney, Brisbane, Central Coast, do what you can do to be the best you can be, rather than the best, no point Central Coast Mariners being Sydney, Mm. there's no point, you just won't get there. But you can be the best Central Coast Mariners team that you can possibly be. And I think that's the aim that this small pool of people here who are working hard are trying to achieve. And it's difficult. Let me wrong; it's
3: difficult. What do you think of the FFA curriculum?
4: I haven't really looked too much into that. It's, uh, it's, it's not something that I really want to get wrapped up in. I think Australia is Australia for a reason. you know. And Believe me, when I talk to people, I want Australians playing football in Australia. You know, I'm not. You know, I'm not. I'm not anti-Australian or anything like that. I just want to see people progress. But I'd love. To, I'd love to see Australian football being played by Australian people, the Australian way,
3: rather than try and copy someone else.
4: Yeah, yeah but there's bits you can copy. There's bits you yeah. can add. But you've got to have an identity which is Australian. You know, I came into this country with my eyes wide open. Was my first visit a year ago. And you have this idea of what athletes are in Australia and what the conditions are and and what sports do in Australia and the fabric of that. And then when you get here, you look at it from the football point of view or a soccer point of view, and it's brand new. It literally is brand new at the professional level. You know, and everybody's trying to make a mark in it and everybody's trying to do some things, but you have to stay true to your beliefs and true to your, your own culture. And I think the Mariners are... are one of the more traditional football clubs over the last 15 years that the league's been going but it's lost its way a little bit but that doesn't mean to say you can't get it back you know and, uh, and that's, that's the challenge
1: have you got a sense since you came here and had a look around at what whether we have a, a real showing identity or we're still developing that identity or are you are you thinking you can be a part of um, uh, the future of our identity being yeah I'd
4: like to found? be I'd like to be part of, of the future you know the reason I came in was to offer help and advice and 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 you know I'm not I'm not the one who can make things happen directly. Because there are other people in the establishment to do that. But I can offer an insight into what it takes to be better at what you do. You know, I, I come from an elite background. So I understand what it takes to be in an elite performance facility. Now, I'm not saying that the Mariners are an elite performance facility. That would be wrong of me to say that. But there are certain things there that can be developed more. You know, and it needs a little bit of understanding and a little bit more pain and patience in order to get there and, and, and you just need people to buy into that and, and understand there's no quick fix you know what's happened in the past has happened the future is what you make it and it's it's going to be hard you mm-hmm. know and it's going to take a lot of understanding from people and, and, and don't get me wrong you know supporters of this football club have have suffered but they also know the good side of it as yeah. well so so I'm sure like me they want it again but it's it's not just Switching a light bulb on, you know, it's uh, it takes a bit more effort.
0: For the listeners that might not know, can you give an idea of what fixes you have sort of brought into the club?
4: Well, we're trying to establish good coaching processes,
0: um, and that's you know
4: that's something that I think is is distinctly lacking. You know, you need good practices. One thing that we we try to think about is the amount of training you do. You know, if I look at it purely with my professional head on and my experience, players don't train long enough here. They don't train hard enough, you know. We live in a beautiful place, Hmm. you know, and there's plenty of time to go surfing rather than training, you know. And it's, it's, it's just a fact of life, but we have to create a condition at the football club with better facilities, to be able to say, no, this is where your workplace is. This is where your career is. This is where you do the hours, you know. And uh, and that's that's not easy when things are sort of set in stone a little bit over the over the years, you know. Young kids, young kids to the credit, and I've spoke about this a lot. Young kids to, to the credit travel. They travel early in the morning. They get to the training ground. They train for an hour. Then they travel back to where they come from. Go to school. Go to work. And they do that three times a week. It ain't enough. It's a credit to them for what they do, but it isn't enough on the grass. They spend more time in the car than they do on the grass. So when you talk about development, we've got to try and change that idea and that, that way of doing things. And that's difficult. That's not that's not an easy fix.
0: Speaking of kids, do you feel like we might lose some young talent through the cracks of, say, academies or, you know, um Say even Central Coast United, where you you've got to pay to be in those academies, you got to pay to be in that club. Do you feel like we might lose some talent that can't afford that?
4: I think you'll always lose talent in any football club because you make decisions along the way, and some some talent reaches a certain peak and and troughs, you know, and it's it's deciding where the development phase is. And if you're talking about the money side of it, then the system over here encourages parents to pay for coaching. You know, and that's quite an unusual, an unusual thing for me to get my head round. You know, do you think but it's wrong? I don't think it's wrong. I think it's the system. The system allows that to happen. I think clubs survive on that sometimes as well, and, and I think that's that's one of the reasons why education becomes priority. You know, they pay to be coached, but then the education is priority. You know, and uh, and you have to abide by that until until. It, uh, it's possible to change it.
3: So, there's been a lot of changes in the last sort of couple of weeks, uh, mainly with the head coach. Obviously, Alan made a good start to his caretaking role on the weekend. Uh, are we keeping an open mind with these last sort of five games of the, of the season, or are they really there for him to prove himself to maybe stay?
4: Well, the object to bringing Alan is was we needed to do something relatively quickly. Um, And Alan was on on the radar. He comes with a good profile. You know, Mike, Mike, and we have to speak about Mike because Mike took on a hard job, a hard role. Um, It didn't work out and that that happens in football. Could we do better? Yeah. I think both staff, players all play a part in that. We all have to take responsibility for that. But at the top end of football, the manager is always the one that carries the can. I think he understood that. Uh, results weren't there. But then the process goes into place as to what do you do? Do you know? Do you go down the road of promoting from within? Or do you take the option that a good manager comes along who's suffered a little bit, find himself out of work, and, and he wants the next challenge and he wants it quickly. So we had that opportunity to do that. And, you know, with Sean, Sean's help of identifying Alan Pretty quickly, we went down that pathway to get him in, and, and he, these opportunities there to prove people wrong, you know. And I think it's a fabulous
3: start. You know. It was.
4: It was frantic, <laughs> but it, it got, it. he got through it. But now he realizes what it is to be in charge of the Mariners. Yes, it's <laughs> the
3: first time I've ever been happy at a football game in about four years. I think so. It was nice. That's So you want more now, don't you? I, yes, of course. Of course. Yeah. Was, a drug. Did the did the promoting from within, which I assume is Monty, did that? cross the mind much or
4: well i think you know in monty's case i think monty was up for the challenge um but you have to make decisions not based on emotion really you have to you have, you have to make decisions based on what is good um sort of short medium and long term right now the opportunity came along to bring somebody in as a caretaker um who wanted to do it pretty rapidly and he understands the consequences of a short-term deal at the moment. You know, we're going from now to the end of the season. And then there'll be a discussion uh, along the way as to how we see that and, and, and the people that are working in and around, Alan, as to what can they offer, what can they bring to the table. and can, Is it possible? Is it possible to uh, to do that? But, you know, one win out of one's a decent start. It's doubled the, Better than what we doubled the mean, result pretty straight away, so so the return's not bad.
3: Yes. Well, I, and I guess with Monty as well, is, is there some sort of thought there that he, I guess, has to wear some of the blame for what has happened during the season?
4: Blame's a strong word, but yeah, everybody's accountable, yeah. right down to me, right down to Sean, right down to the owner, right down to the people involved in the football club. Everybody feels it. Nobody feels it more than the people that I've just spent a day with in the office. You know, mm-hmm. mood sway based on results so you can imagine what the mood's been like the point is nobody wants to to lose the job but you have to act in the best interests of the football club at times and you know it was difficult for me to 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 see Mike go very difficult but there's a reason why and you know we explained that to him and you know he's a football guy he understand he understands the results results play a big part uh, but going forward, then you've got Monty. Monty's aspiring to be a coach, a leader in his own right. He was a leader as a player, but he's still he's still picking up those those reins bit by bit. But he's he's gone through quite a lot himself in the learning process. He's contributed to success and and failure, but that's part of the job, you know. Sometimes people learn more out of failure than they do they do in in, in the success. So so Monty's. You know, sticking sticking at it. It's important he does that. He is a face of the football club. You know, he's uh, he's more than capable. It's just he needs he needs now people around him to support him and uh, and to bring him through this this
3: this patch. Are you, com- are you confident he'll be here next season? If well, who knows whether it's Alan or whether it's.
4: Well, uh, I've been in this game too long now to, to put my neck out and you know, make those sorts of statements. You don't want
3: to give him the vote of
0: confidence. <laughs> <laughs> Does that ever work? <laughs> <It> doesn't help. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so you know, my experience tells me that you work with what you've got and you try and produce the best you can out of that. And then if it takes us on a great journey, it will do. If it doesn't, then you know, decisions get made along the way. So everybody at this moment in time is trying to piece together you know, the jigsaw puzzle that, that hasn't been pieced together from the start of the season. You know, and these six games to gain some credibility or five games to gain credibility. It started well. Um, and hopefully people will see, you know, that the club's going to go again and it's going to try. I think, you know, as long as we try, that's, that's the main thing. But we've no divine right to be higher than 10th. Results tell you that. So you know, if in the next five games Alan can win all five, there's a possibility we could finish ninth. That's a start.
0: <laughs> I'm happy with that. Right. I'm really
1: happy with that. Considering the first time, never
3: thought i yeah. never thought I would say I'd be happy with ninth, but.
1: So with, we are. Small gains. <laughs> <laughs> so with that bit of uh, background uncertainty around the coach and the future, this is a fan show, of course, and we ask the fans for questions. And, and one of the favourite fans' questions has been, when will we sign Tom Hiarie or re-sign Tom Hiarie and try to sign Jim Karajan? Obviously, they've um, done enough in, in terms of uh, some of the fans to for them to think that that's what they should be, um, what we should be doing. Um, those sorts of decisions would normally be made, I guess, at the... Sporting director level, um, are you going to be responsible for new signings and retention? I guess is the other question around that.
4: Yeah, I have an input into, into all those aspects. You know, it goes with the, with the title. You know, Tom has been in and out of the team, he's been injured quite a bit. I do understand that he's a fan's favourite. Um, Can but- I just
0: point out to the listeners that he has legitimately been injured? He's <laughs> conspiracy theory. Sorry, Sorry go Well, on. that's
4: what I'm aware of. He's been injured yeah. and, and he's 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 had in different form as well when he has played. Uh, regarding contracts with, with Jem, Jem came in. Um Jem was, was was nearly coming into this football club at the start of the season. You know, we were a whisker away of getting him in and, and for other reasons he got he got a better offer somewhere else and, and he, he went. But as that progressed at that club and it didn't work out for him there was an opportunity to come and we managed to get him in it is the back end of the season and he's done very well he's done He's done as well as we expected him to do and he shows qualities he shows leadership qualities and he's experienced the fact of the matter is now is yeah in, in, in the next few weeks I'm sure there will be discussions made leading towards the end of the season as to what he wants to do and, and where he sees his future if we can facilitate that then why wouldn't you want you know, gem to be a part of this football club. I think he's got the qualities to take this club forward. He's got the experience. It's just a case now: does he does he want to apply that here? Um, and what
0: will it cost? You know, there's always that issue.
4: It's never about the money till it's about the money.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> especially here.
0: Even if someone wants to stay, you don't necessarily want to pay them there to stay. But uh, anyway, do you take responsibility for the loss of Miller and Payne, Aspro, and possibly rolls to other clubs?
4: initially uh, that all started through outside influences uh, and then it came to our attention probably late in the day um, I have spoken to three of those players that you've mentioned uh, in the meantime uh, and it's developed the way it's developed there's still possibilities that those players will stay at this football club uh, hopefully they see sense but, you work with these players every day, but sometimes you can't have conversations with them because there are intermediaries who change that conversation. So that's the situation we're in.
0: I know what you're talking about. <laughs> 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 well, we'll discuss him away from this interview. Um, what, like, We lost a um, strength and conditioning coach at the start of the season for reasons. We'll discuss that elsewhere. What impact do you think not having him made for this season? Do you, do you feel like the under strength at the moment, underconditioned? I think,
4: looking back, um, there's been certain times through this season. I mean, the one thing I had to get my head around is the, this is the longest pre-season in the history of pre-seasons mm. in Australia. Yeah. it's ridiculous. You know, I'm used to 10 days before you play the first game. <laughs> you know, here it's 12 weeks before yeah. you even got into it. So, so to get my head around that was difficult. Um, but if you get it wrong, you suffer. You pay the price. And it it felt that w- we were always chasing Chasing time, uh, and there was a moment when I thought January, January, will be the moment it would kick in, because it didn't. It didn't go according to plan, uh, but that changed, uh, and we tried, which is difficult mid-season to to restructure that and bring somebody else in, um, and it's it's been it's been difficult for that person as well to to start mid-season in competition to actually do things during competition that you should probably be doing before you get into competition. So there's a lesson learned there.
0: Because you want to push them to get them fit, but not necessarily push them too far that they burn out.
4: Yeah, but you need to do enough to get them to the point where they're competitive. Yeah, And uh, you know, if I go back now to the – I flew in and I watched the Adelaide game in the cup, the first game, and that was the first game for the football club out of how many weeks it was. But Adelaide had played eight games by then. That was a big thing
3: amongst us at the time
4: as well. That is something that, you know, hindsight tells you was the wrong thing. Uh, But once you've lost those weeks, you've lost them. It's very difficult to get them back at any level, let alone the mariner level. Uh, So, yeah, there is a lesson there that, that that's got to be different.
1: If you turn up at the training ground, and I've been there a fair bit recently, then it's noticeable that there has been some changes around that um, part of the club. There's a couple of resources there um, that are uh, in the strength and conditioning space. Are you, are you satisfied that that now has filled the gap? that, that um, we? Well, no. You, I,
4: if I said I was satisfied, then I wouldn't be doing my job right. <laughs> fair um, yep. I think you've always got to strive for improvement all the time. You know, the difficulty is, is finding the right people to do it. And do they want to do it, for a start? You know, and uh, and do they want to take on that responsibility and lead the club forward? That's, that's the important thing. There are gaps to be filled. There's still more gaps to be filled because it's nowhere near really where you want it to be as far as the, the infrastructure and the people. But it's better to get a small amount of people doing a good job than a lot of people not doing a good job. So you've got to be delicate that way. And, and there are improvements. There has been, believe it or not, more investment, in the playing side, um, than than's been given credit to, but part of it has been uh, has not worked. I think we have to admit that, you know, and it's it's difficult. But on the grass, it's been hard. It's been hard to watch, but there actually has been investment on the grass. There's been investment underneath, you know, which obviously supporters don't see. And I'm talking about the academy and the restructuring there, and even even within the commercial side of it, there's been investment in that. And, and it's just a case of getting it all together. And what helps Sean and his commercial team is a winning team on the pitch. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and then people put bums on seats exactly. and come and watch. Um, and they don't vote with the, the, with the feet, you know, or, or whatever. They, they, they vote with the, with the hands. And they, 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 uh, they clap when they see something working. Right now, it's the opposite of that. But hopefully that will change. You know, and, and we don't want to get used to this this satisfaction of mediocrity you know I don't come from that background and but you try and work and you try and express the best you can how to make improvements but it requires a lot of buy-in not just from the people who run the football club but people outside of the football club you know we, we live on a coast which is beautiful like I've said but we need help community plays a big part Councillors play a big part. You know the area needs professional sport in it. It's got it. It's definitely got it. What do you want to do with it? You know, there's a there's a question. But I wouldn't be here if I didn't think he'd had a fair chance of achieving something. You know, now I've got to combine it with uh, with Man United. But right now, I'm still here. <laughs> so uh, so hopefully, hopefully it will work.
3: So, speaking of investment, uh, Mike Charlesworth has indicated that there'll be more resources added next season to improve recruitment. We heard the exact same last season, like you said, and there has been more spent on the pitch. How can the fans trust that for next season? How are we going to differ from what we did the season just gone, even though we have spent more?
4: Well, it's a good question because how much are the fans aware of what's been happening underneath and what's... Been happening on the on the football field. I mean, it's easy for a supporter to turn up, watch a game, and then be disappointed by it. Do we expose ourselves a little bit more as a football club to let you in on that? Let you in on the act of what is actually going on? I think I think Mike. You know, and I've known Mike now fifteen months. Um, he's changed. He's definitely changed he's changed his mentality a little bit as to wanting to try and pursue something. He has invested more in it, which has been unusual for Mike in the years, (laughs) but you know, everybody wants more. Yes. But, but, you know, I think Mike's pretty focused on, on what he wants to try and do. I think he's listening now to football, you know, and, uh, and he, he has got an ear and, and, you know, me being in and around that, I think is helping him understand the pain and the gain and, and what have you and I think that's difficult sometimes for supporters to get because they just react to the results and fair play you know I'm not I'm not saying that's not the right thing to do and, and they've suffered disappointments along the way. But going forward we've got to try and get the right people in to do the right job to produce something to show some identity as a football club and if it's a developing identity and a developing football club for young players to get into, plus the backup of some, some senior players along the way, then if that's the policy and that's the program, how do we do it? You know and, and what does Mike want to do with that? And I think he's been pretty honest and open and taken quite a lot of responsibility in that respect. Um, but he's you know he wants it to work. There's no I can't sit here and say that there's a guy sat back in England who doesn't want it to work out. He does. He does. How you do it is another thing. But if he, uh, if he listens and he's learning, he's certainly learning, uh, then hopefully he can
3: make it work. So do you think maybe the, the last four seasons has maybe been a learning process for him as much as anyone else?
4: I don't know about that. Um, Mike would know more about, you know, since he's taken, taken on the role or taken on the club, what it's done and, and, and where it's gone. Um, only he can answer that question. But I see it as an opportunity to, to build something um, like I said if I didn't I wouldn't have joined up for this because um, I, I wouldn't need to do that I wouldn't need to uh, state my reputation on it um, without having a belief that you can make some changes uh, right now Mike's been true enough to give everybody that opportunity but he suffered, he has suffered and he feels it but he wants to get it right, I'm sure he does I mean, who in football doesn't? If you, you know, you, you're the head of something and it's not working, you, why do you want to be in it if you're getting grief all the time? You know what I mean. So I do think he wants to 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 show that his credibility there.
1: So in the if if there will be some more investment or has been more investment in recruiting and with you having such a big role to fill in the UK. Uh, how do you uh, think that uh, th- that can work in terms of recruitment on the ground in the future and in your involvement?
4: Well, th- one of the beauties of it is is I'm in a position to talk to Mike uh, and Sean. Sean's still part of this. And to the, to the manager, whoever that is going to be in the future. So there is a connection there straight away. When it comes to recruiting, then this football club needs people to recruit it needs and what i mean by that is not just players it needs people who know how to recruit you know and and that is something we're definitely working on it needs somebody in australia to scout it needs somebody to do the legwork and it needs somebody to find australian players you know it's easy to see it on a on a website it's easy to google it and all that but you've got to know your you've got to know your stuff uh, so that's something that the football club's looking into, um, and also these other elements to to the structure within the club that needs to be improved. You know, sports analysis, sports science, all these things. But when I talk about community and when I talk about all these things, there are people in this community that go to university that study sport. So we're trying to get an involvement with universities. We're trying to get involvement with grammar schools. We're trying to get involved with with you know, Australian schools in sport. So we're trying to bring them in because there's people who can offer a service to this football club and it's trying to convince them that part of a degree course could be part of the Mariners. Why not? Get some ground experience whilst you're studying, you know, and we need to try and get ourselves involved a little bit more and and see whether that's a possibility. At the moment, we're making a little inroad. We could do a bit more, but... But I think
0: it's there. It's
4: definitely there. And so it's a resource that we haven't used
0: yet. Do you plan to spend the EPL off-season in Australia or directing from the UK or a mixture of both?
4: Well, it depends on what the situation happens at, at to Man United now. I mean, we're still care, caretaker, as they want to call it. Uh, no decisions have been made on, on, on anything permanent. I still feel as though I've got something to offer here. Here, even if that was the case, to this football club, I'd like to see it through. Those decisions will probably be sorted out in the uh, in the off season. But the off season for me in England will be finished if we go all the way at the Champions League final. Hope you don't. That's Mm-mm. June the first, <laughs> and Man United will be back training July the first, and they'll be in Australia July the fifteenth or something like that in Perth. So it's four weeks of non-football. Mm. If I can spend a bit of that time here, uh, I will do so. If not, I might have to spend it with my family because at the moment it's seven days a week, 24-7. But that's the nature of the beast. So
0: a lot of uh, football it. managers have said that in the UK, that you know they just can't go a f- couple of days without football. They need to go out and see a game regardless of who's playing. If it's like Division 2 or whatever, they just need to go out and watch a game.
4: Yeah, a lot of people say that but do they really mean it? Because I enjoy a couple of days off <laughs> <laughs> if I can get them but uh, no, my involvement's been pretty strong since I've been back in England so I've been doing the, the day job in England at Man United and I've been doing the mornings and the evenings on the phone to Australia. You know, Maybe that's When's the sleeping? <laughs> well, you catch a little nap in the <laughs> afternoon, or you get you do one of these power naps. Now I've learned a good power nap. Have you had you any since Arsenal's you got? <laughs> have you had sleep? any since you
1: got back here this time?
4: Well, no, I've only just got back in the company, so I'm still running on adrenaline at the moment. I'll probably sleep well tonight, but uh, <laughs> but that's that's just the way it is. It's it's total commitment and total involvement. But I do enjoy the days off when you get them, and so you should. You need to switch off, otherwise you know, you, uh, you can't see the wood for the trees sometimes because it is consuming um, and every game looks the same so you have to take a little backward step now and again to to recharge. This is an opportunity for me to do that in the next next ten days. You know, I've got a lot of things I've got to do here or listen to and try and try and act on and then I've got to enjoy my time whilst I'm here and then I've got to go back to well, I was telling Sean there that uh, go back to April where there's a game every three days so that's success I suppose but it's one game a week out here which is uh, It's a a holiday out here which is why (laughs) I think some of the players come out to be honest
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh well well, thank you very much for your time, we greatly appreciate it and um, best of luck while we're ready Thank you Thanks very much
4: Mike You're welcome Job
0: Okay, some upcoming games. We have Adelaide United at Centrico Stadium on the 31st of March. That'll
2: be a tough game, but then the game after that is the toughest game.
0: Yeah, so uh, Kurtz has just been announced today that he's going to be leaving at the end of the season, so will players stop playing for him?
2: Mm. Will we keep momentum going? No,
3: because I think they like him. It's I different. So it's too. different. It's different in the Moby situation. They're like, "No, nope, let's do what we can to get you out." It's this one, the chairman, yeah, that doesn't like him. This one is they'll keep on playing for him because they like him, and they all probably want him to stay. And it wouldn't surprise me if Adelaide lose a bunch of players because of what's happened and how the club's handled it. I mean, for for if it's true and assuming it is because of the way it's played out about Michael Curse. Sending a message to the chairman on the 21st of February, I think he said it was, and not receiving a response. And it was in regards to, can we meet about my contract? And then he comes out public with it. And then the night of the chairman comes out and says, yes, now we're meeting next week. That to me is just poor operations. Mm. That's, Mm -hmm. it's all kind of reminds me of us. But um, that's, and then now for the chairman to come out today, or they've basically, parties have agreed to uh, not extend his contract i think it's a very poor decision just going and back to
2: us do you reckon
3: he might go to one of the new clubs maybe
2: yeah do you reckon the week off might hurt us do you reckon no we'd rather just play this weekend and try and keep the momentum going
3: no i think uh Stajic will work on the fitness massively That's the other side i of think it, yeah. i think he's I think, got that extra week yeah now. from what from what we know, I think the boys, or just about everyone, is off until Thursday, apparently. I think they will get smashed for four or five days back, and then they'll probably taper it off leading up to the game because I think Sajic brought it up post-game on the weekend that fitness is a massive issue, and you can definitely tell that. when we made When we started to make subs on the weekend, when some of the young kids come on, and then you throw in the young kids with everyone else being gassed, we erd, sat further erd, and further back. Yeah, it was we, noticeable. We nearly did the full choke. Yeah. Three near the dangerous, most dangerous scoreline in football.
2: That um, game against Perth. That's going to yeah, be tough because they're top of the league.
0: Seventh of um, April. That's a
2: seven p.m. Sunday game, isn't it? Glorious. Probably. That's a crowd killer. Glorious. Is that a is that a pun?
3: Um. I mean, if Stadge manages to get something out of that one, then I can. We will. Three-year contract statue. We can do it. Parade down the streets of Gosford.
2: If we get anything out of Adelaide or Perth, I'm going to be well happy with that. Have well, a
3: little faith. The thing is, new coach, bounce, a bit of momentum, bit of renewed um, hope, hope, a new hope, hope in the stands and the dressing room. If we manage to avoid the spoon after the season that we've had, and somehow jump over Brisbane, be which, a miracle. Watch it. There's a five point gap. We're only there?
2: five points behind. That's how. That's how poor Brisbane are. That's
3: insane. And Brisbane. Must be thinking. Thank God for the Mariners, otherwise all this heat would be on us about how poor they've been and how long they're coaching or they—they've basically given Darren Davies almost a full season to be a caretaker coach. That's not—it doesn't seem to be. Well, it's obviously not working, um, but it's sort of they seem planless almost. Um, but if we somehow manage to jump them and avoid the spoon, it'd be almost like winning the grand final.
0: It's better than last year.
3: Yes, somehow. And I on that know, happy I note, how. How. I don't know how, but
0: on that happy note, I think we can call it a week. We didn't get to discuss everything we wanted to do, but um, no, or, or
3: as much uh, in depth as what we would have liked. But we're back.
0: We tried to get uh, Karjan for this week. We didn't, so we got Feilen.
3: Oh, captain, my captain.
0: And we'll probably be talking to Charlesworth soon as well. So
3: and some counselor, hopefully,
0: and David Harris, maybe. Anyway, uh, we'll be back when we're back. I can't promise it's next week, but uh, we'll try and make it soon. Thank you for listening. See ya.